Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. So we came here today with nothing to talk about. Nope. And slight reluctance on one of our behalfs to share this week. <laughs> and then with some further conversation, we discovered that... We should just press record. We should just press record. And that actually, we've both been feeling really angry for the last week. Yeah. Take it away, babe. <laughs> no, you... Please, be my guest. You, no, you, because you I... You start. No, because you're more sure about why you're angry. and I'm, I'm more sure, but less willing to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, you're more clear about why you've been angry you are less, less clear to, i'm way less clear i couldn't tell you but you're all gung-ho to discuss it yeah because i've been so mad well let's ask the question why 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 okay let me ask this first how has it been coming out in your behavior so i have a habit of if i'm trying to avoid an emotion or yeah if i'm avoiding i'll go into a bit of a manic state where I'm just the I it's almost like I go I'll oh, just turn the adrenaline up a little bit and so I flood myself with the adrenaline very consciously um, get myself very jacked up and steam through the days in order to avoid whatever thing it is I'm trying to avoid and then obviously that can only last for so long before I crash mm-hmm. and because of my situation and because I haven't been doing much and I'm tired and I feel weak is really the only way to um, describe how the grief has made me feel it's, it's physically and emotionally weak and drained I a little bit of action for me is like a lot you know how we haven't been recording in the evenings because it yeah. gets me to adrenaline and then I can't sleep my days aren't that filled with activities or interactions or plans because it, it exhausts me. And then I become manic and then I become a freak show. And I think it's been presenting itself as me being manic in the day and working physically very hard. So I've been specifically physically exhausting myself very consciously by working at the farm and taking long walks and doing my boxing and just really... Are you still doing your pole dancing? No, I haven't been back because Sarah went away. Oh, was she your, was she your, your partner in crime for she's, the pole dancing? She's my partner in life. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my sister Sarah. What, you can't pole dance alone? Well, I just don't want to do anything without her. She's my, my baby. Well, I'm interested <laughs> in the pole dancing. <laughs> the pole dancing. I like her being there because who else am I going to have a giggle with about it? I can't. Exactly. Who am I going to look at and be like, well, look at that? <laughs> like, like if I do something stupid, I need a sounding board and I need somebody to shame me and she'll do that. 
and vice versa. Like, I need to be like, oh, I feel like a log, and then turn around and then look at Sarah and be like, oh, she looks like a log too, it's fine. (laughs) You know, I need need the moral support, and I also need the mutual shame to do the politics. But I'm going to go next week. I do really want to go because it felt really good. I'll go with you. Do you know how bad I would be at that? That would be a comedy routine. Come with us. Like, I low-key want to rent the whole studio and do, like, a girls' night there. I think it would be so fun. What do you wear when you pole dance? Well, I wore my... I wore the wrong things. I wore bike shorts. G-string and tassels. Next time, that's what I'm going to wear. Yeah. <laughs> I wore barefoot bike shorts and that big, my Jerry Springer t-shirt. And it's like, this isn't... Nice. Like, you can't see the body move if you're in a big extra large t-shirt. Yeah. So, next time I'm going to wear the full outfit. Become one with the pole. Yeah. Skin on pole. Skin on pole, baby. I, You know what I, I'm looking forward to seeing is your angry pole dancing. Yeah, angry pole dancing. That's the thing. I feel like that's the thing. I get angry when I'm pole dancing because I'm shit at it. <laughs> but the anger comes out by me being snippy with people. And I it comes out and I go, sorry, sorry. I've been doing it the whole time. Literally, it's completely, I'm aware that I'm doing it. It's almost like I've got Tourette's a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um and it comes out and I go, sorry, sorry, sorry. I get really grumpy, really tired. Everyone is an idiot. Everyone's a fucking idiot. Everyone's a dumb bitch. Everyone's a fat piece of shit. <laughs> it's like the whole thing. You said they sent you to bed the other night? Yeah, my sister sent me to bed the other night. Without your dinner or were you no, allowed I to was eat? I allowed to have dinner, but she said it was time for me to excuse myself. <laughs> So I did, and I went off to bed. I love that for adults. Yeah. (laughs) I love, I'm going to start doing that. I didn't know you could do that with adults. That's brilliant. Oh my God. I excuse myself all the time. I say, sorry, I think I need to excuse myself. But being able to excuse other people. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, there are times when you, yeah, you absolutely can excuse yourself and others. You are excused from this. <laughs> no, don't, no, don't say that. You say, I think you might need to excuse yourself. Oh, oh, <laughs> you, you put it on them. I see. So you're not the one doing the excusing. You are suggesting yeah, that they should. Yeah, it's a passive, should... aggressive suggestion. I think it might be time. I like I that I think it might be more. that time of the night that you excuse yourself and retire. I love that. Um, so, yeah, I was sent to bed. Because I was being... Did you put up a fight or did you just... No, I gave in immediately. You knew what you... I went... Okay. I don't know why I've been angry, but I feel like when we talk about why you've been angry, maybe it will give me a clue. It's going to clarify things for you. Well, I have no idea where this conversation is going to go and I really don't want to have it. Oopsie. Just putting that out there right now. But Annabelle, as she has from the beginning of this shit show, has just lured me in further and further to having truthful public conversations. Yeah, I mean, our conversations are boundaried, and that's fine. We don't have to give everything away to everyone all the time. But I think you and I were sitting here with the microphone off, and you started telling me why you were feeling angry, which was prefaced by the fact that you had nothing to say and I was like well this is riveting and I wish we were recording right now so that being said let's crack on okay and dig into the anger so over the last few weeks we've had some episodes that have tied in together with each other one was joy 
Yeah. Which was followed by shame. Yeah, we had a big shame reaction to our joy. Every action causes reaction. That's right. Every episode causes another episode. Last week when mm-hmm. we were discussing friendship, mm-hmm. and then the anger came. Yeah, because of your interaction with that chap. With the old chap that we told you about last week. cup of tea or something <laughs> avoider i think it's time avoider avoider we should make some margarita do you want a drink i can make you a little drink of something i've got tequila what I've are got, you having I've bourbon got wine I've what's got in your glass over there really hardcore it's an emergency vitamin drink no it's okay it's okay <laughs> i've had a rocky awakening this week, which can only be a good thing. I'm not angry about the present. I'm angry about the past. Wow, so interesting that you just said that, continue. The emotionally mature side of me wants to say, don't be angry about the past, let it go. It's gone, we don't live in the past, we live in the present. Anger only harms you. And the other side of me goes, I went through something really fucking serious the last decade of my life, and I'm fucking angry about it. Yeah, I don't want to go ape shit. (laughs) I am allowing that anger to come up, and I'm exploring it instead Mm of hiding from it and downplaying it and pretending like it's not there. Mm -hmm. I'm leaning into it, and I'm asking more questions and I'm doing research and I'm exploring it. I know this is very mysterious what I'm saying. Here's the best way I can say it. You're talking about a universal theme. The person that I met with last week who I considered a friend of mine was part of what you would call a high control group with me over the last 10 years. So because I met with him, And a lot was said that I hadn't thought about since leaving that group a year ago. (gasps) Happy anniversary. Thank you. Because I met with him after a year, it brought up a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I realized that just because I left doesn't mean that I'm fine. (laughs) You're cured. You're cured. (laughs) It doesn't work like that, I'm afraid. And I felt fine over this year Mm -hmm. because my life immediately bounced back and exploded into joy and freedom and and exploration and and abundance and new opportunities and growth. It really did. It bounced back immediately. And I really didn't think of it much. Yeah. But this experience last week with that person showed me that, wow, I have some work to do here. I have some work to do because I don't want any lingering ideology to remain in my brain from what was prescribed to you in that group. Yeah. I want to make sure that my thinking is healthy and clear. And yours. And mine. And mine. Yeah. Most importantly. Well said. And I can see that sometimes... I will have thoughts or reactions to things that aren't mine. Mm. They're still a part of what was hammered into me by that high control group. Mm -hmm. 
And so I want to take responsibility for that and understand it and mm. research the aftermath yeah. of having been a part of a group like that. Yeah. And the hardest part of it is that you don't trust yourself. Yeah. So this week I got really, really into doing a bunch of research, reading things, watching things, mm -hmm. talking to people. And I learned a lot. Yeah. And I met some really interesting people mm -hmm. who have been part of similar groups. Yeah. I can't stop watching and learning because the facts are there. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced it from both sides. I experienced it from inside the group yeah. where everything is justified. There's a reason for everything. And everyone on the outside are the problem. bad ones. Yeah. They're, the problem. They're the problem. They're the crazy ones. We know what we're doing. We know the truth. And if they could only know what I know, they would see that everything I'm doing is normal and healthy. Mm -hmm. I've experienced it from the inside, and now I'm seeing it from the outside. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so fascinating. And I'm in such a good spot to learn about all this. It's one thing to learn about high control groups from the outside if you've never been in one. Mm -hmm. But after having been in one, everything I see is like, a truth bomb yeah. blowing up in my face and I'm having awakening after awakening and the anger you've been under a spell mm. yeah, and yeah. one truth bomb at a time that spell is being broken. Yeah. And in every unit of that there's anger mm. at having been taken advantage of, of having been manipulated by master manipulators. Yeah. And so in that way, I think the anger is a very healthy thing. I think it's unbelievably healthy. Anger is a much better place to exist than apathy and denial. Apathy and denial are under anger. And when you work through those levels and rise up to the anger level, yeah. you're in much better shape. Yeah, you got to get angry. you got to get mad about shit that's fucked up that's happened to you. you that's right. Oh, I'm, I'm so peaceful and everything's wonderful. It's like, it's not all, as I said the other week on my Instagram, it's not all poetries and ponies. Like for me with my situation, it's a fucking slog. It's not all me fucking meditating in a field of poppies, you know? It's, yeah. it's not all it's messy. peace it's and light and love and, and uh, gratitude and joy and respect. And, and acceptance. Just, uh, acceptance and blah, blah, blah. It's and like, letting it's go. It's not all that. It's no. not all that. It's, it's not. It, for me right now, it's like I am on a treadmill that is on the highest setting and I cannot catch my footing on it and I keep going down, bam, bam, bam. Like, that's how every day feels for me. And sometimes I'll I'll get my footing and I'm going and I'm good and I'm good and I'm good and I'm bam, I'm down again. Mm -hmm. It's not all fucking... Mm, peaceful. No. What's happened is fine. Blah, blah. No, you gotta get mad. Take it on my jumba. So it's hot in here. Hot. Woo! Anger is very active. Anger is activity. It's tumultuous. It's yeah. that you're burning through stuff. And apathy yeah. and denial is very still and inactive. So I'm in a very uh, tumultuous place right now, and 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 I feel very powerful. And I feel very determined to get to the bottom of this, get back into a healthy yeah. thinking that belongs to me. 
yeah me and i will never ever allow myself to be in a situation where anyone else is in control of my choices and my truth yeah and i will never again doubt my own truth mm-hmm. but if i was in that situation for 10 years it's mm. not going to go away in a week it's no. not going to go away in a year it's going to be a process. It's going to take a lot for me to ever want to be a part of an organized group because right now I just don't know who to trust. The crazy thing about it is that you think I trusted the people who were in charge mm-hmm. with my entire heart and soul. Yeah. Look how wrong I was. Yeah. What can I trust if not my judgment yeah. of myself and others? Yeah. So right now I'm very suspicious of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> But that's a natural part of this healing process because before I wasn't suspicious of anyone. I was naive and Mm. I was completely trusting in other people. I don't want to ever live my life thinking the worst of people. But this is part of what's coming up right now. And and, uh, it's just a matter of working through it. You've got to enter into a new relationship with yourself. Yeah. And it's going to take work and... It's not going to feel nice. It doesn't feel nice because you know what comes along with it? You know what comes along with admitting this, with having this conversation is shame, embarrassment. Mm -hmm. I feel stupid. I feel so, so foolish. But I read something interesting. It said that high control groups do not go after stupid people. They sink their teeth into smart people. Smart people who believe in what they're doing. Yeah. You you need to be capable, a good speaker, a good connector, intelligent. You need to be driven. Yeah. You need to be committed. You need to be... And why do you think they want those people? Because those people push the cause forward. Those people expand able, the group. Those people... are able to bring other people... Bring other people in. in. Exactly. Because they are smart enough personable enough intelligent enough charming yeah successful whatever yeah it's a very dark thing it's very dark and i'm very angry i'm glad you're angry i'm, I'm glad you're I'm fucking very angry. angry you need you need to be angry you've but for the last year you've been riding the the high of of your freedom and that's good. Right. that's what you've needed to that's do that's what i you've needed deserved to have a joyride. I did have a joyride. That's exactly what I needed. You will continue to have a joyride, but now you, you need to check in with yourself and, and do do the sorting. It's... It is separating out truth from lies. Yeah. That's the process I'm in. That anger actually escalated this week for me into being physical aggression mm. because I had a moment with someone I love very much where I was physically aggressive and I balled my hands into fists Mm. and I shoved them as hard as I could and and was beating on them. I'm not proud of it. And it's not okay, whether you're a man or a woman. Mm. But I see why that escalated. That anger is coming coming out. out. It's coming out of me and it's very hard to contain it. And And I had a moment where I was pushed to the limit and... I lost my temper because I haven't lost my temper. Yeah, about any about what I've experienced. No, you haven't. I haven't lost the temper, and so it came out in a moment that it shouldn't have. Yeah, but that's what happens. It signaled to me, okay, you're recalibrating. <laughs> There's yeah. this is this is okay. You know, we're okay. This this is coming up, and 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 it's 
it's going to pass, but wow, you're angry. I think and you should be angry. I think it's really important to, um, this actually ties in with the conversation we were having last week about that friendship group I was in and one of the girls, she'd been away for a while and she came back and she'd had endured something really, really traumatizing while she'd been away. A dynamic that caused a lot of psychological and other scars for her and she was not treated with empathy or compassion when she came back from that experience and moved back to England and it was haunting to me to to think that that somebody had who had been through so much endured so much and and survived it to come back and be faced by friends and loved ones and judged for her behaviour or treated without compassion. And the reason I'm saying that is because I just want to say to you that when I was coming out of a controlling and abusive dynamic, not a, a control, high control group, but I had been in a past relationship that was that was abusive emotionally and manipulative. My behaviour was extreme at times and it's it was made clear to me that it was going to be for a while and that I, I just had to really, really be honest with people, explain, especially when you come down from the moments if you're feeling angry or overly emotional. It would come out for me with like extreme bouts of anxiety and things like that. It wasn't, it wasn't so much anger, but things that would affect other people's lives negatively mm-hmm. and, and interfere with their energy and, and plans and, you know, fuck up people's vibes. Um, you know, and <laughs> don't want to fuck up people's vibes. You know, but it was like enough that it was like a pain in the ass. You know, and it it, it was made clear to me that it, that that was going to happen, and I was going to go way too far one way, and then way too far the other way. And as I healed and found my equilibrium and learned to trust myself again, that's yeah. what you were saying to me. Is like really, it was really reminding me of that time in my life where I was so gaslit that oh I God. I couldn't trust myself and it was the most disorientating, horrifying experience. And that was just from a one-on-one relationship. If that man had told me that the sky was green and the grass was blue, I would have looked at it, seen that that was wrong, but said, okay. And then I would have told everyone else that the sky was green and the grass was blue. That's exactly what I went through. Completely wiping out your own truth. To go along with what you're being told. And you don't know why you're doing it. And you have moments while you're in it where you go, where you see that what you're doing is crazy. I want to use the crazy word, but you know, it is. And I'm wrong. And you have those moments where the truth hits you. For me, I would go along with it because you trust the person who's telling you. So you think they must have a good reason. Well, they love you. They love you. They love you so much. They love you so Why much. Why would they lie to you? There must be things that you don't understand or else they wouldn't be doing yeah. this. But it's coming from love. Yeah, absolutely. You lie to yourself. You forsake yourself, mm-hmm. therefore disconnecting you from your own truth, isolating you from yourself, and which others. led, and everyone around you, which led me to suicidal depression. Yeah. And that's what it does. That's what abuse and and, and emotional abuse, emotional manipulation does to, to a person. You get further and further away from yourself and the people that, that love you. And these abusers know exactly what they're doing. And they want you away from the other people in your life so they can control you more and more and more. They want you to live with them. They want you to eat with them every morning. I was cut off from my family members. Mm -hmm. I was cut off from friends. Mm -hmm. 
my whole world was the people in that group. Yeah. For that reason, it was told to me. Yeah. That that's what I needed to do to protect myself mm -hmm. from the people outside who were trying to harm me and bring me down. And if you're listening to this and you, I mean, I think it's probably quite a niche situation that you've been through, but I think it really is. I think there are a lot of people that have experienced highly controlling relationships and abusive dynamics. So many of the things that you're saying are exactly how I felt coming out of that relationship. Yeah, that's why I'm glad you're using a one-on-one -on -one relationship to discuss it with me because yes, mine is specialized, but you're right. Everybody can relate to somewhere in their life. They have had a controlling relationship. Well, mine was multiple controlling relationships. That was just the one, that was the final one. I would say that I repeated that cycle and that relationship with multiple people in my life until I basically couldn't take it anymore. I think I just kept doing the same thing again and again. And you know, I'm obsessed with high control groups and, you know, anything I can learn about them. And I just think it's so crazy that you and I became friends literally like just after you'd left the group. Yeah. And I have to look back and think, why am I so obsessed with learning about these groups? Why do I love cults so much? You know, why am I so obsessed with them? Why do I watch every documentary and listen to every podcast and, and every book and every everything? I think it's because... I'm really interested in knowing what got me into those situations in the first place me again too. and again. And I've said this to you before. And when I look at this relationship that I've repeated again and again in my life, both with friends, with boyfriends, with work colleagues, with family members, and I go right back to the start and look at who my dad was. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fucking cult leader. <laughs> You know? Yep. And call his it, cult was called the monkeys. Yeah. And call it what you want. But look you, at that parallel. Look at the foundation of what that is to be in a band that is worshipped. Mm -hmm. And be the most famous man in the world uh -huh. at that stage in his life. And so you were born into a situation where that's what you observed. Yeah. So it was normal to you. And that developed into an obsession with cults. The one-on-one -on -one relationship with my dad, I think, is the pattern I've been repeating my entire life. Every relationship I've had with a man has been me playing out parts of my relationship with my dad again and again and again in different ways. I think everyone has that in common, whether it's men with their mother yeah. or women with their father. I know. I know. And women with yeah, their mother. I know many women who are, are playing out their relationship with their mother. I yeah, think it too. goes both ways. Me too. It I definitely think... goes both ways. It's almost like I've been trying to get like a do-over on my relationship with my dad. I lost my dad to the cult. <laughs> and as a result of that, I think... As I, did I. Yeah, you lost your dad to the cult as well. And I think what's interesting is that you and I have been spat out on, on different sides of this. You have become susceptible to high control groups. And I have become almost like addicted to them but not susceptible. Like, I want to understand it so badly. I want to... So you look for it and I denied it. Yeah, I sought it out as... And I... As a thing that I wanted to, like, know everything about and understand completely. And to me, it's been invisible. But you found yourself... 
I know. Well, that's why I fell into it because it was yeah. invisible to me at the yeah. time. Yeah. But it never even crossed my mind. I ne- I've never sought this out to know anything about it or yeah. anything until it was too late. Uh, yeah. We are on, on two different sides of it, aren't yeah. we? Coming, fr- coming from the same experience life experience i remember being really young at my first school rooksbury park which isn't a school anymore it's a beautiful place actually i would love to take you if you ever come to england so it's a yes really old um my bags are packed <laughs> a really old like grand house basically that got turned into a school and now it's a grand house again when we did something wrong we would lose points for our house so we were all in different houses, like Harry Potter. Harry Potter. I know, literally. And you'd have to stand Tell up. me you were a Gryffindor. <laughs> I, I am at heart a Gryffindor. Better not be a Hufflepuff. Um, no, if anything, I'm You're Slytherin. You're a fucking Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> Any place Alan Rickman's at, baby, that's where I'm at. Alan Rickman. <laughs> I love him so He's so sexy. Literally would smash. Um, but he can be my cult leader any day. Ooh. Um... R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. We would have, have points taken de- off points taken of if your... you were really bad. Wait, did you... So you had houses? Yeah, we had houses. How many? I honestly can't remember. I was six at the time. I had houses in my next school as well. I remember those houses. But the first house, I... You'd have to stand up and say what you'd done wrong to lose the points they for the house in assembly. You? They shamed you and punished you. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Yeah, and I basically would just stand up. I'm six at this point. I was already kind of bad, but I would stand up and I just wouldn't give a fuck. Like, I would just be like, can I just like, it was meant to shame me and it didn't. It didn't work on me. It didn't fucking work on me. I also remember at that school, they would make us sing the Lord's Prayer every day. You know that prayer? Uh, our Father who art in heaven, heaven right. hallowed be yeah, thy name. name. I know the prayer. Thy yeah. kingdom, kingdom come, come thy will be done on earth as it is in That's the only bit I remember because I would tune out after uh-huh. that. And I remember just no standing there. And it, yeah. <laughs> I remember just standing there and thinking, why do they make us sing this every day? This is ridiculous. Basically, every old-fashioned school in England at that point was like a... There was a chapel. Actually, you know what? Ryan and I went the Christmas before last, and I have really good footage. And um, the groundskeeper there actually was there, and I knocked on the door, and I was like, hello, is anyone here? And he's like, I'll take you around. So I have footage and stuff that I can share. Yeah, it was like highly Christian, and we would walk down to the church at the end of the field and everything. But I remember just, I've never connected with religion, with organized religion. And I wanted to so badly. Like, even in my grief with my dad... I remember going into churches and just being like, please, like, please, I just want this to work on me. (laughs) Walking into churches and lighting candles and begging for Jesus to come to me and like, please, like, help me, like, anything. And I just like, can't fucking do it. I've tried so many, like, I want to understand the cult thing and I just want to be in it and I can't. <laughs> I, I, you, you're making me think about how I feel about organized religion. I have always in some form been a part of organized religion, but not because I believe in the religion, if that makes sense. Right. It was for the community, for mm-hmm. being a part of a group. That relates to my experience, how I processed what my dad 
was a part of when I was little. Look, that sounds like I'm saying my dad was in a cult. Our dads were We're just talking cults. about their bands, they okay? Were rock stars. Yeah. Yeah, they were rock stars. And that's it has nothing to do with a cult, but it is the cult-like same. Like in its setup. worship and structure right. and following. So I remember going to church Catholic church with my family when I was little, and I was not Catholic. I was ba- baptized Episcopalian. Surprised you didn't because my things. family likes to get divorced, um, so we're <laughs> we're Episcopalian. But my new stepdad would take us to Catholic church, and it was my favorite thing. And I was the only one in our family because they had more kids. I was the only one that wasn't Catholic, but I adored it. And I'd go for the donuts and time with my stepdad. But I never believe, I don't believe in Jesus. I never did. That's how I've always been with religion. Mm. I've always gone because it's been just what you do a group outing yeah. that makes me really happy. A sense of belonging. A sense of belonging, exactly. But I don't worship any God in particular. Yeah. I don't give myself to. Yeah. And that was the same in this high control group. I was there because of the group, because of the sense of belonging. But in my heart of hearts, I never believed, believed. Yeah. everything the leader was saying. Story, yeah. But that was irrelevant to me because I was getting this experience. And that's what kept me in for so mm. long. Because I was going, you know what? It's worth it. Even if I have massive problems with yeah. <laughs> this person in particular, it's worth it. Because the, the sense of belonging in the group. It's like when you're in an abusive relationship with a man or a woman or whoever you're with. It's the same thing. It outweighs the bad. When they kiss you and hold you, it makes it all better. Even That's right. Even though they're the ones that have hurt you. That's right. Yeah. So even though this person is gaslighting me and betraying me and and I see the, mm. the deceit, I see it and it's confusing and it's it's scary, I accept it because the belonging is worth it. Would you say that growing up you on the road and and in that tour environment and at gigs and you know around the house and all of that would you say that you felt outside of things and that you that you didn't feel like you belonged always yeah always and that's been my lifelong theme of my dynamic with dad is that yeah. constantly trying to get well, inside yeah. to get inside that inner circle where yeah. where the love is yeah and I you want to belong to him i can't seem to get inside that circle of love and so i attract situations where i can get inside the circle of love at any cost yeah doesn't matter how far i have to forsake myself that is irrelevant Mm. because i'm inside yeah it's like being on a drug yeah it's addiction Mm. that is addictive behavior yeah totally i mean i i felt like an addict when i was in why is that making you emotional (laughs) I just get so sad when you talk about your stuff with your dad. It just hurts my heart for you. I'm sorry. You've gone through the same thing. No, but I just hate it. I hate it for you. It's not... Mine was was different than yours. Yeah, we're you, all going to, you know, have just, a different way of processing. And it's not even about having a dad who's a rock star like our two dads. It's any dad. Yeah, it's any dad. It's not specific to that. It's just ours was like a weird... Parent relationships in our lives are all the same. Yeah. Doesn't matter what your dynamic was with your parent. We've all processed it differently in our lives and it comes out in different ways. I think the reason it makes me sad, I'm like, what is worse? My dad would get angry and shout. Would I rather somebody that desperately wanted to love me but would scream in my face? 
My dad's never raised his voice to me ever. Or he doesn't somebody, care enough. Exactly. And that's <laughs> what that's what breaks my heart is that I'm just like, I would... At least you had the fight. Rather <laughs> be screamed at or treated like shit or dragged through the mud or whatever, or, you know, whatever it was. And know that my dad desperately wanted to love me but was just broken and dysfunctional than what you have which is I just feel like you're shut out and I fucking hate it and it makes me angry for you and makes me sad and that's why I always stop crying when you talk about it that's hard for me to hear because I that makes me feel embarrassed like that makes I'm sorry, me feel I like told you, I've been in these relationships with men where I will literally I'm in these horrible relationships I've not Ryan, I know it's just pity doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't feel. It's not pity. It's not pity. It's just it's my heart breaks for you because I know how you feel, but it's just the other side of it. It's like the other side of the same coin, basically. It's Mm -hmm. like, do you want to be loved and get burned all over your body, or do you want to be not loved and have your body be fine? And I'm like, can we have neither? Can you just love me? Do I have to be ignored or screamed at? Or can we just have it be, like, nice and normal? Yeah, can we just communicate and love each other? You know, and that's unfortunately not what we got. This is fascinating. <laughs> you know, and I think I've just had relationships with men in work and love and all of those things again and again and again where it's like you can treat me like shit and bulldoze my life and tap me of my resources it was those guys I was signed to it was ex-boyfriends it was whoever else friendships with uh, women you know it's squeeze me dry but just love me yeah you know and that's been a big issue for me in my life which I've had to work at so much and has taken so much therapy and so much work well I have a question for you and that is are you ready to make a new choice I'm past ready because I'm past ready as well and Will is the first person to show up for me and love me yeah listening to what you say you've attracted I attracted the opposite I have sought out relationships where I'm ignored unavailable men unavailable men men who are already in a marriage or in another relationship and Will out loud in the bright sunlight loves me yeah all of me I don't have to do anything to earn that Mm -hmm. in the beginning it was very hard for me to accept that it felt really uncomfortable well I think it still does for you it does yeah it does yeah it I gave into it and that's part of what took me on the joyride this year Mm -hmm. was I gave into the the love and, love, and, and and respect that Mm-hmm. I've always deserved. I've been basking in it. Yeah, I've been you have, yeah. basking in it. Yeah, I feel so beautiful. Yeah, it's hard. I still fall off that treadmill from time to no, time. Of course, yeah, because our past is still there. It doesn't go away. No, it, it doesn't, doesn't go, go away. away. And yeah. I and I don't think it ever does. And I think we think that it should. I want to reframe that that you're struggling with. You keep you've been since the beginning of this chat you've been saying I know I'm meant to be healthy and let go of the past and blah 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 and, but I'm feeling really angry I would argue that you are not living in the past right now you have been awakened to the experience that you had for the last 10 years and you're reacting to it now 
So it is now for you. You are not dwelling on the past and looking back. You are here now experiencing this now. You can't get to the to the bit where you go, that was in the past and I've made peace with it until you actually bring it into the now, deal with it, confront it, sort it out and put it down again and keep it moving. Wow. Thanks for that. Yeah, of course. That was just, as Oprah says, an aha moment. (laughs) I'm talking about cult leaders, bloody (laughs) hell. I am a proud member of the Oprah cult. Yeah, you love a bit of Oprah. I love Love me some Oprah. Jay Shetty. Yep, yep. Wow. So I think that's the thing, is it would be actually really fucking dysfunctional of you to go, oh, oh, that was the past, you know, things have moved on. Okay, well, that sounds great, but you still, it's still in your back pocket, so Mm -hmm. you might want to take it out and address Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So you actually can leave it in the past. Mm -hmm. And this is so interesting. Beating up my friends (laughs) with my fists. Uh, Shoving them into furniture. And I'm doing boxing training, so you might want to try not to. Well, notice I didn't do it to you. That was... You can try it, bitch. No accident. In my last therapy session, I was talking about how angry I've been and, you know, other bits and bobs and what we talked about for me of the last month being really bad at time really bad at communicating haven't opened any of my files haven't made any done anything productive whatsoever I just thought it was so interesting that you said what you said because in the therapy session he said to me that I'm just without choice living in the now I think maybe what I'm angry about I mean obviously then the the obvious which is i'm angry because my fucking husband and best friend are dead that's why i'm angry okay like let's just be really clear that's why i'm fucking angry when someone says to me how are you doing or is that good or did you have fun i say yes or like how was your lunch tasted great would have tasted better if my husband and best friend were alive literally that's in my head constantly and it's like that's why i'm angry And then all of those tendrils that come off of that, that have fucked my life completely in a way that is ultimately proving to be good for me. But I'm still pissed about it. I'm angry about the crash. I'm angry. Couldn't they have just stayed here? Fuck them. You know, it's like all of that. All that shit goes through my head. Did they need cigarettes? You know, it's like, it's just, I was here to be with Ryan. I came here on a work trip with a suitcase and and then I just didn't go back and I left my life there and now everything back in England's changed everyone's left town people are married they've got babies they've moved out of London my nephew is now about to be 18 everything's changed my mother is aging all of these things so my world has gone there the past is dead I don't know what my future holds And my present, which was all of this, and my life here that I'd been relentlessly, tirelessly building with this man, is gone. And that's why I'm fucking angry. Because there's no, like, the past is dead, the present is dead, and the future is unknown. I can't go back to anything. There's nothing to go back to. It's been too long. And and that's why I'm angry. (laughs) That's why I'm fucking angry. And also it's strange because again, it's about learning about this this part of myself. I've always um, suffered with nostalgia. I think we all do. Why do you call that a suffering? Because it's just so 
unhelpful. You think so? It's such a useless way to feel. That I don't know. Idolizing the past and thinking, oh, it was better then, and oh, okay. You know, it's like that it's kind of. Because I was thinking, rose like tinting, like these experiences and whatever. I was thinking like things. So, like in my room, I have this little clock that I had when I was a kid and it, it's on my wall because it I'm nostalgic about it and about it calms me at night so well, that, I was thinking you so were meaning you things now. like that no because that's with you now you're talking about glorifying the past and looking back and and I agree I think that's a disease to to relive your glory days as they say or even shit days that you've just made seem really nice in your head with the passing of time and because we always glorify things after they're gone. It's also a coping mechanism. Sure. I am not the same person. So even if I wanted to go back... You wouldn't connect with the same things that... Not necessarily. You had. No, not necessarily. They won't mean the same thing to me anymore. No. Because they were from a before time. Everything is coloured with this experience now. And everything is new and that's great and everything but also it's shit like can't I even have my fucking past it's annoying also my life here is in a time capsule nobody knows anything about my life here mm. that kind of fucking annoys me as well so it's always been me going back there I can't bring this time capsule with me too bad you didn't get to know Ryan sorry and now there's a fucking grand canyon between us because I can't explain this to you and that's it's not their fault I'm just saying that that's the truth of the situation it's nobody's fault that they weren't able you know we made visits there people met each other but the more of the point is that this world feels in such a like I said a time capsule and when I go back and I just step out of it how do I go to England or anywhere in the world and explain myself. How do I do any of that? Let alone with strangers. I don't even know how to do it with my best friends and family. And that's, I feel outside of everything. It's just me and me. <laughs> it's just isolating and, and it's making me feel angry. You know, go to the mm-hmm. shop or Target or Home Goods or whatever it is and I look around and I think, what is all this stuff for? I can't connect to or relate to any of this. I'm unattached from everything. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel. And I think all of that's been brewing. And, you know, with the conversations that we've had, you know, you and I got wobbly and my sister and I have got wobbly about me potentially going back to England this summer. And it's just making us all feel wobbly. And it's wobbly for me because I don't know how to do it. And I'm scared. I'm scared that I'm going to go back to the place that is my home and the people that I love and my family and my best friends and feel outside of them as well. And then, and then what I'm do you really do? Fucked. Right, then what do you do you after know, that? And that's all just brewing. I think it's a very, very natural part of this process. You know, it's me with my dad again, outside again. Can't... Jesus will not fucking come to me. I can't... Can't connect. I've always been an outsider. What's so wrong with me? Why can't I come in? And I've 
made it feel like it's something wrong with me. That's the brainwashing. And after a while, we're so conditioned to feel that it's something wrong with us that we don't need anyone to tell us that. And that is a fact that I have learned this week of a high control group or an abusive, uh, mentally abusive relationship where the person does no longer needs to enforce their thinking on you. You are so trained that you'll do it yourself. And I just feel out, I even feel outside of that now. It's like I can't even have my old bad habit if I want it. <laughs> There's no past, no present, and I don't know what the fuck is going to happen in the future. And I don't feel there's anything I can say to help, help you through that. Like I have nothing to add to that or comfort you with because I completely understand that I don't understand that. Yeah. That's one thing we all have in common is we will lose someone. I'm just tired. I'm so tired of pulling myself back up off the ground again and again and again. And it's like, this is going to go on for a long time. And I'm tired. I can't even enjoy enjoy being skinny. <laughs> I am the skinniest I've ever been. And I can't even enjoy it. I had a photo shoot yesterday and I put those shorts on and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like these shorts are my high-waisted, make my booty look good, like a little bit, like jean shorts, like sexy. They were so baggy on me, falling down like down on my hips, not off my body, but down on my hips. Well, the interesting thing too is that you are not dieting. You are eating carbs. Yeah, I mean, there are it's, days I don't eat, but it's... It's just that your body is tired. exhausted. I'm exhausted. And it's like, it doesn't matter how much I stuff in my mouth. Nothing is happening. It's like that scene in Hook when mm -hmm. the kids are, just want to eat that food that's on the table and there's... What is this? Nothing there? Yeah, it's like imaginary he, food. Pan Pan sits down with them and they dig in and it's all invisible. There's nothing there. And he's looking around going, you people are nuts. That what are you doing? Literally how my life feels right now. And he's starving. That is, I'm not going to cry over fucking Peter Pan. That is exactly how I feel right now. I'm sitting at a feast. Starving. And I'm starving. And... Everyone around me is imagining everything. All this shit, which means nothing to me. I go on Twitter and I look at things that I used to care about and I think, I don't fucking care about this at all. Mm -hmm. I couldn't care less. There are, don't get me wrong, there are things I care about greatly right now, but it's nothing that I used to care about and it's just so disorientating. So anyways, like, and summary... That's why I'm angry. Glad we could get to the bottom of that on the podcast where everyone gets to listen to it. Yep. Feel really good about this episode. How can Not. we make, how can we polish this <laughs> fucking steaming dumpster fire full of shit? I don't think we need to polish it. I think this is We're what... bomb everyone out. Sorry, guys. Mm, yeah. Oh. oh, how about the Diana tin I bought you? Oh, God. Oh, Let's God. talk about Let's the just Diana tin. Let's just finish with... Okay, All right. Home Goods. Okay, I got this at Home Goods. So okay. there was something at Home Goods. Something good came out of Home Goods. I was able to link you were onto. Able to reach your hand through the ether and pull, pull in something good that that I understood that meant something to me, 
Now I'm going to describe to you. It's a tin. Yep, it's a tea tin. With flowers and little golden crowns and the most beautiful picture of Princess Diana on it. And on the side, she's a bit older and got some more like that. That's what oh, there's a different is. picture of her on each side. Yeah, this was her bitch don't fuck with me yeah, years. I'm done with you, Charles. This was her liberation period. You are. That's the black dress picture. When she got out the cab, I can tell you, I can't even see what she's wearing, but I'm going to tell you by the neckline and the saucy look on her face and the way that hair is, that that is black dress getting out the limo revenge appearance don't just fuck after with her me. and charles broke up we should definitely post that on the instagram we are these are three different phases of diana and i will cherish this tin and i know you don't drink tea but i just i got it for you for the tin i drink herbal tea i know you but that's got caffeine in it so well i'll give those to will what do you think you might put in it once the tea i'm out? thinking you know what i might put my trolls in here <gasps> Because when I was little, my troll slept in a shoebox in the bed with oh me. Oh, my God. And, and now he doesn't have a shoebox, but he might have this little Diana tin. You put a little blanket in there for him. Yeah. Just something so You put, like, a little... How about, like, a little cotton ball for his pillow? Yeah, a cotton ball. Yep. Or a tea bag. A tea bag. He can sleep in the tea. I think he'd like that. Yeah, he's the tea troll. That seems like something a troll would like. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do with it. Or and you can put it... You've got those glass cabinets, don't you? Yeah. In your kitchen. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it could like go in there as like a decorative it item. It could. And every time I see her face, I just remember. Every time you see her face. Yeah. Can you think of me and think about me being like on earth and grounded and be like, that was the moment Annabelle found something in Home Goods. Yes, I will. This box will symbolize Annabelle reaching in. To the abyss. To the feast. And the feast presenting itself to you, like the moment in Hook where he can see the food. And it's the most gorgeous feast he's ever seen. And he fills himself to the brim with the joy of life. That's what this box will symbolize, is the moment that you saw this on the shelf in Home Goods and said, there's a purpose after all to all this meaningless crap. And also... I love you and you're my friend. Thank you. <laughs> love you. Really? I've, I'm beginning to resent that you don't want to say love you at the end. What, what's the sign-off going to be then? Oh. Can't be fuck you, cunt. <sighs> what we need to think of Shouldn't something. the sign-off be different every week? No, I think it's really nice that we say love you, bye. But that's like in the land of cute. Because like people say love you when they don't really love each other. Do you love me? Like girls in my high school. Do you go, love me? Love you. Do you love me? I love you deeply. I love madly, you. Madly, truly. I love you too. Deeply do. I love you too. I'll be a dream. I'll be a wish. I'll be a band. I know. You guys, how about you write in this week and tell us what our sign off should be? I think that people like it that we say I love you. And. Who told you that? What are you basing that on? Just like that people would listen to the voices in your like head. <laughs> okay. I will do it. It's highly uncomfortable for me, but I will do it. It's been uncomfortable this whole time. This whole episode is highly uncomfortable for me. And now I'm going to go. I love you. You love me. End of episode. Don't fight with me about it. Love you. Love you too. <laughs>
me faithful cause I'm counting on a 